just to be honest. I still love Christmas time. I love giving presents. I love the time of year. But I think that this time of year is becoming my favorite season. And that is Easter. Because I told the, uh, I told the uh, young people, there is an empty grave. And because there is an empty grave, we have hope. Every religion in this world, you can go and find the tomb of their founder. And those founders are still in their tomb. But we serve somebody who the grave couldn't hold him. And you can go to the tomb to this day, and it is empty. Because he only needed it for three days. And it's an empty tomb, and he has risen, and because of that, we have hope. And along those lines, um, my apologies if I seem scattered tonight. I was telling Sister Raynell, um, I was left home. Star went shopping. She decided she was going to go to our favorite grocery store, and she said, well, I'll just leave you home. That way you can pack and you can have a time to study, and I tried to get my thoughts together, and every time I tried to get my thoughts together, the radio would go off again. Some other warning, so the whole afternoon while I'm trying to study and get my thoughts together, I'm keeping up with weather more than I'm keeping up with what I was even going to talk about. But I'm thankful that he kept us safe. Um, on a side note, it's kind of apropos that you sung that song, Peace of God Cover Me, because if memory serves me right, every time we sing that song, I remember the choir sung that song one Sunday night, and no sooner had we got done with it than we all had to take shelter in the back hall, because I believe that was the same night as the tornado. So I... Every time Sister Shea sings that song, I, I refer to it as the tornado song because that's what I remember from it. And he covered us. He kept us all safe then, and he'll keep us safe now. And so we're going to carry on. It was stormy tonight, but or this afternoon, but it's a peaceful night. And uh, if uh, what I've seen is accurate, then we're going to have good weather for Easter. That's going to be something we can look forward to. Um, but we are currently in the middle of a time that is called Holy Week or Passion Week. And we are not a liturgical church. We don't follow a liturgy here. Um, we don't know in advance what the pastor is going to preach. We kind of follow the Spirit, but there are churches that do follow a liturgy. And for them, this is called Holy Week. This is called Passion Week. And this is kind of the high point of their, um, of their year. And it started Sunday with Palm Sunday, and it ends this coming Sunday with Easter Sunday. And uh, currently it's Wednesday in the middle of that week. So that's kind of what I'm going to talk about today is I'm going to try to encompass Holy Week because I don't know if we quite realize everything that we're celebrating or everything that we're remembering this week. It literally took place in the course of one week. 
from Palm Sunday to Easter was literally from one Sunday to the next. From his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, his crucifixion, his burial, and his resurrection all took place in the course of seven days. It was one full week out of the calendar. And uh, something interesting took place. Something that changed the world took place over that time. And uh, something else took place during that time. And uh, it's striking that Passion Week is buttressed by multitudes. There's a crowd when the week starts. The same crowd hangs around the entire week. The crowd on Palm Sunday, what we call Palm Sunday, is the same crowd that is there for Passover at the end of the week. And it's the same crowd. It's the same Savior. But something happens in the midst of the week that changes their reaction to him. And uh, Matthew chapter 21, we read about Palm Sunday. And we read about what the crowd says on Palm Sunday. Matthew 21 and 8 says, as he's going into Jerusalem... A very great multitude spread their garments in the way. Others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way. Verse 9, And the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Get the frame. This is a celebration. They are welcoming their Messiah. And they are calling out, Hosanna. That means come Lord. Hosanna in the highest. That's the beginning of the week. Fast forward five days to the day we call Good Friday. And flip in your Bible just a few pages. Matthew 27. And we can start anywhere. Or we can start in verse 22. Pilate's facing the exact same multitude. The exact same crowd. That was there in chapter 21. Pilate saith unto them. He's just asked them. Should I release this Jesus to you? Because I always release somebody to you at the Passover. Every year I release somebody to you. Do you want me to release Jesus to you? And they've said, no, we want Barabbas. We want a murderer. 
We want somebody that's committed sedition released to us. So Pilate saith unto them in verse 22, What shall I do then with Jesus, which is called Christ? They all say unto him, Let him be crucified. And the governor said, Why? What evil hath he done? But they cried out the more, saying, Let him be crucified. The same crowd that on Sunday are shouting, Hosanna! In five days' time, same man, same multitude are now crying out, Crucify him! They went from Hosanna to crucify in five days' time. I know it has to happen. He was slain before the foundation of the world. I know it has to happen. Because if it doesn't happen, we have no hope. If it doesn't happen, we're dead in our sins. I know it has to happen. But there's something that's troubling me. How can the crowd go from Hosanna to crucified in the space of five days? The same crowd, the same multitude, the same man. But something has to happen for them to go from Palm Sunday to Good Friday. And typically, I don't speculate much but allow me to speculate with you tonight perhaps what caused them to go from Hosanna to crucify I don't know exactly what it was as I mentioned this is called Holy Week it starts with Palm Sunday if you want to be technical it starts it actually started um, a couple of Saturdays ago with Lazarus Saturday that's a term I'd never heard before. But does anybody know what today is? It's Wednesday. But apparently today is a special, has a special name. There are certain days in this week that have special names. Palm Sunday is one of them. We know Good Friday. We obviously know Easter Sunday. If you're highfalutin, or if you want to crack jokes, then tomorrow is Maundy Thursday, which was the day that he washed the disciples' feet at the Last Supper. But today is called Spy Wednesday. Because supposedly this is the day that Judas went to the high priest and said, I'll betray you. I'll tell you exactly where you can find me at. Now, Judas, I know what his... Motivation is because the Bible's very clear to us. He's a thief. He was the treasurer and he's a thief. John spells that out in his gospel very clearly. He didn't care about Jesus. He didn't care about all the miracles. He just wanted to see the money flew, flow in because he was skimming off the top the whole time. This is the same one that, well, last week, if we're following the chronology of the Bible, last week, 
he sat in the house of Simon when Jesus was having supper with Lazarus and he witnesses Mary break the alabaster box and anoint the feet of Jesus. And he's the first to speak up and say, why'd she waste that? That could have been sold for 300 pence, 300 denarii, 300 days wages. Whole year's wages, that could have been sold, that could have been given to the poor. And John's quick to throw in there, he didn't care about the poor, he was a thief. He was thinking 300 uh, pieces of silver for himself. So here we are on this day, he's going to the high priest and he's saying, what will you give me for Jesus? And they said, well, how about 30 denarii? How about a month's wages for Jesus? And he's like, that's fine. So he's already went from, well, they've wasted a year's wages on him, so I can, get thir- I can get a month's wages out of him. I know what his motivation is. But this is the crowd that waved palm branches. They took their coats off. They put them in the way as they saw Jesus ride in on a donkey. And they really believe this is their Messiah. And they're crying out, Hosanna. To the son of David, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And they watch him go in. And they watch him enter the temple and see what was going on and cleanse the temple. Throw out the money changers. They see him get rid of these individuals that had filled the court of the Gentiles. Where no Gentile could even enter in because it was full of them making money off of the Jews that were there for the Passover. And this crowd watched him run them completely out. The Bible says for the rest of that day, for the rest of that Sunday, he wouldn't even let anybody in. He just stood there with the whip that he'd made. And he's like, "Uh, no, I don't run you out. You're not coming back in today. They watched him question their leaders and make them realize that they didn't know as much of the God that they were trying to present to the people as they thought they did. They had watched him silence his opponents. They heard his discourse. And yet, after tomorrow, He's going to eat the last supper with his disciples. He's going to wash their feet. He's going to tell them, one of you is a traitor. And the rest of you, you're going to run off. You're, everybody's going to desert me. But it has to be done. What is it that takes the crowd that the day after tomorrow, the same crowd That were waving palm branches. Think of this. We saw the children come in Sunday. Waving palm branches. Think of this. If it was true to the Bible. Those very same children who were crying out. Hosanna Sunday. The day after tomorrow. If they were in this very same building. Would have to be crying out. Crucify him. Get rid of him. We don't want him. 
We want a murderer. We want somebody we wouldn't even trust. But this Jesus guy, just get rid of him. What is the motivation of the crowd? What could have snapped in their brain to take them from Hosanna to crucify? I don't know. But perhaps it's this. Perhaps they had a preconceived notion in the back of their mind of what their Messiah was going to be. Maybe they actually thought that this guy who rode in, according to the scriptures, was going to actually raise up an army and get rid of Rome once and for all. And maybe this crowd had watched him over the course of five days and realized he ain't killed a single Roman yet. There's no swords. There's no army. This is his opportunity, and all he's doing is just sitting around and telling us about the days to come. All he's doing is telling us, beware of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. All he's doing is just teaching for a week. And I don't know, but maybe their preconceived notion led to despair. Their preconceived notion of what their God was going to do led them to determine this ain't it. This ain't the one. He ain't doing what we want him to do. And it led to discouragement that led them to say, well, if that's all you've got to offer me, I'd rather take a murderer because at least I know he can use a sword and you can just die for all I care. I don't know. But something had to happen in the minds of this multitude to cause such a boomerang from one day to the next. It's the same week. The same people. But it goes from Hosanna to crucify. And perhaps what we can take away from that, if it's true, I don't know. As I said, it's speculation on my part. I'm sorry. I don't find a reason in the Bible outside of Judas of why they should do that. But maybe what we can take away from that is at the time, that their God was going to do his greatest work, they let the discouragement of life cloud them and blind them to what God was really doing. We've already heard tonight in our testimonies, we've already heard that our God can take situations that look like a mess and in reality, he was doing something behind the scenes. Maybe it wasn't exactly what we would expect. But he still made something good out of it. We've already heard that he can take a storm. 
that perhaps kept some people at home because it's storming and it's dangerous. But in reality, what we didn't realize was all of that storm and the wind that blew through was clearing the air and making it easier for some people. Perhaps He uses things in our life because unfortunately, bad things happen to good people. And sometimes we have plans for the future. Because I'm going to be honest with you, if you had asked me just a few months ago, my plan was I was going to be at the Missouri District Youth Convention and I was going to be selling breath savers and life savers for Save Our Children because I've been doing that for 17 years. And that was going to be my plan. That turns out not to be the reality because I'm speaking to you tonight. And First Church is at Youth Convention, and I'm not. But God has a different plan for this week for me and my family. He has a different plan. And maybe the reason the crowd could go from Hosanna to crucify was just because they had a plan, they had a preconceived notion And because their God decided he would do it his way, they just turned their backs on him and denied him. And perhaps what we can take away from this week, Easter's coming. The resurrection's coming. He's still dying on a cross for us. He's still taking our sin on himself. And he is doing what we cannot do. He is saving us because if it's left up to me, I can't save myself. If it's left up to me, there's no way it's going to happen. He's still going to die. And he's still going to be buried. And he's still going to rise again. Because that was his plan. He wasn't going to save them the way that they thought. He was going to save them. But his way was going to turn out so much greater than their way. Because he could have come in with an army. And he could have hacked every Roman in the city of Jerusalem to pieces. And started a bloody war that would have liberated them for how long? A few years? Centuries? Till the next conqueror came. And instead God said. This is my way. I'm going to save you forever. But my way is different than your way. Because sometimes. God just does it his way. And we can either get discouraged. Because. Well. That, that's. I, 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 I thought it was going to be this way. And God's like, well, yeah, but I'm going to do it this way. And it's a lot better. And we can either say, okay, it's your way. Or if we're not careful, we can get discouraged. And we've got to be very careful 
that our discouragement does not take us from Hosanna to crucify. That just because I had my plans and God's decided, well, I know you had your plans, but these are my plans. We don't get sidetracked to where we go from Hosanna to denial. We go from praise to condemnation. That we don't let discouragement become bitterness in our lives. And maybe that's why that very same multitude could boomerang that quickly from Hosanna to take him away. From blessed is he that comes in the name of the Lord to, well, we don't have any king but Caesar. And if you don't crucify him, you're not Caesar's friend. And we'll get us another governor. Maybe the discouragement led to that. I don't know. But all I know is, he had a plan. And I'm so thankful that he went through with it. Because he died and rose again, I can face tomorrow. The song says, because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because of Easter, I can be saved. Because his plan was just that much different, eternity has been altered. And perhaps... In our lives, he leads us to points where our plans are this, but he's determined this. We want him to do A, but he says, but B is so much better. And perhaps he just wants us to follow him in his way. When he does it, perhaps like the multitude, we can get discouraged and perhaps even denying. Or we can say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Because his will is so much greater than ours. So as we reflect on this week, the price he paid, the glorious resurrection we're going to celebrate this Sunday. The fact that he lives again and he lives forever. Let's not forget that was not their plan. That was his plan. And perhaps we can take from that. His ways are higher than our ways. Don't get discouraged if your plans go awry. Just follow his plan. It's not yours, but it's always so much better. And at the end of it, there's a resurrection. At the end of it, maybe we don't see why he's doing it his way, but it's always so much greater. And he always gets the glory out of what he does. And so let's pray that the Lord will help us with that. Help us to focus on him. Because his ways are greater than our ways. And his plan has led us to an Easter that we can celebrate. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. We thank you, Lord, that you have a plan.
for every single one of us. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to follow after your plan. I don't know what happened with the multitude. I'm not sure why what happened happened. But, Lord, I'm thankful that you took the cross, that you took upon yourself the price for us. And because you died, because you were buried, but most of all, because you rose again, we have hope for tomorrow. And I pray that you would help us to look forward to a tomorrow in your will and in your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for coming. Remember, Sunday's Easter Sunday. Invite somebody.